We can play the fool, but be played the fool? We are grateful for having another time and opportunity to consider some of the thoughts from the revelation of the mind of God to the mind of man from His Word, the Holy Bible. The Church of Christ at Ben, Arkansas makes these efforts possible. Service information, how to contact us, and more can be found at benchurchofchrist.org. Also, these messages can be accessed via podcast. Information is at podcast.benchurchofchrist.org. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. The psalmist wrote in 14, beginning in verse number 1, They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge? As we consider this concept, let's be sure we understand this word, fool, from a biblical context. The psalmist pretty much defined it. But from Vine's Dictionary, we get the following. One who generally lacks wisdom. Wisdom is beyond their grasp. They despise wisdom. They despise discipline. They mock that which makes one guilty. They are quarrelsome, and trying to give them instructions is a waste of time. Generally speaking, they ignore instruction. Wisdom is knowledge combined with experience and good judgment, and certainly is related. We can see this concept of knowledge and wisdom in several examples. Luke chapter 17, one of the shortest verses in the Bible, says, Remember Lot's wife. The story of Lot and his wife is found in Genesis chapter 19. God had determined to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. You can read this account and quickly understand that the wickedness was homosexuality. This is the word where we get sodomy from, of Sodom and Gomorrah. The two angels warned Abraham's nephew Lot to evacuate the city so he and his family would not be destroyed. In Genesis 19, we read, Whomever is here needs to leave, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. We read in verse number 13, For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. Read in verse number 16, that Lot lingered. He seems to have struggled to leave, but they did. And they were instructed in verse number 19, or verse number 17, It came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Then we read in verse number 24, The Lord reigned upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire, from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those in the cities, and all the plain, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew up on the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Lot's wife did a foolish act. She did not heed instruction. There was no wisdom. Another example, King Saul, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Samuel said unto Saul, The Lord has sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken unto thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of the host, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid in wait for him in the way when he came upon Egypt. Now go then and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox, sheep, camel, and ass. Read in 1 Samuel 15 and 7, Saul smote the Amalekites. And in verse 8, he took Agag. 
the king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and of the lambs and of all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, that they utterly destroyed. And Samuel came to Saul and Saul said unto him, Blessed thou be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and lowing of the oxen that I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. We obeyed the command. Well, kinda. They obeyed the command from their perspective, but not from God's perspective. Not wise. This was a foolish decision, Saul. There are many other examples of those that chose not to heed, listened to the words, and obeyed the instructions of them given. Many of the messages surround the concept of taking heed to what we have learned and then to apply that, also known as wisdom. Paul writing the church at Ephesus is chapter number five. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Numerous places spell this out in some very vivid language. In Romans chapter 13, the night is almost gone. We read in verse number 12, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. In 1 Thessalonians 4, Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, and that you excel still more. In Colossians 4, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. The King James Version says to walk in wisdom toward those that are without. Let me read just a few verses back. So then do not be foolish. King, Ver King James Version says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So let's bring this a little bit closer to home. Would you believe me if I said Christ was not born on December 25th? He wasn't. Looking at the information given regarding the events around his birth, it is placed in late summer to early fall. The facts are rather overwhelming, yet Jesus is the reason for the season. The history of the holy day can also easily be discovered of how we got all of the things that surround Christmas. And you will see that this season came from something far from the teachings of the Son of God. Would you believe that Christ was not born in a barn? The term barn is never used, but the imagery is there. A manger, a feed trough, yes, certainly, but it was likely a part of a home, a house. The usual design of a home in ancient Palestine is known as a pillared house, a four-roomed house. Most houses had an upper room where Jesus met with his disciples. This is the reference to the word translated in. There was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for them in the house, no lodging place of the home. 
So they were downstairs of the home where daily chores were often done and where animals were sometimes fed and even stayed. And most manger scenes have shepherds and wise men. The biblical story has shepherds coming to see the newborn king, but the wise men came later, likely around the first or closer to the second birthday of Christ. If you recall, Herod decreed that all males to and under would be killed in attempts to remove this king of king and Jesus. The text does not say there were three kings when they did appear. Three gifts, yes. But the manger scene typically has three kings. Is it wise that some of the core celebration is not aligned with what actually happened? when it happened and how it happened? Does it matter? It might not, but it could, couldn't it? Didn't Lot's wife have a good reason for looking back at her home, her friends, her life? Hardly a comparison to Christmas, but who makes the decision of where the lines are drawn? King Saul had a pretty good case for keeping the good stuff, you know, being wiser than the Almighty in his decision-making. When others look at what we are doing in the name of the Lord, mind you, saying we have authority from on high, and they see the discrepancy in what we read and what we are told, destroy all, is that sheep and oxen that I hear? Jesus was born in a barn-like structure on and around December the 25th, and three kings brought him gifts at his birth? No and no. Well, Jerry, all of these things are just trivial, and you're just being a legalist. You're swallowing a camel and choking on a gnat. You should be more attuned to the love and grace and mercy of God. Well, let's understand that the God of today is the same God that sent the fire and brimstone to Sodom and Gomorrah, that sent a flood on a sinful world, a people whose heart is on evil continually, Genesis 6 says. Evil. Whose definition? Certainly not the world, not the people, God did show mercy on the one who would leave to the saving of mankind, Noah. And we read, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded. Remember what God told Moses after he struck the rock rather than speaking to it? Because you believed me not. He was foolish. We see many things that are foolish in the eyes of God as he has just said that. We ignore and we go on, though, with our line of thinking. We establish right from wrong. We establish evil from just. And when we get tired of one thing, we'll just vote it another way. Our politicians and lawyers have full-time jobs of changing what we believe. Just recently making a law to accept a relationship that brought down Sodom and Gomorrah and was the focus that caused Lot's wife to turn back. Yet, friends, it is not the House or the Senate, the local court or the Supreme Court that decides right and wrong in God's eyes. It's not the preacher. It's not the teacher or related. It's not the council. It's not the synod. It's not the assembly. It's not the association. It's not the board that determines where we stand as we are seeing currently being challenged. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord or follow Lot's wife. Remember her? When God's people fail to develop their knowledge and their maturity in understanding the Word of God, then they have made just about the most foolish choice that we can make in life. 
What was that definition of foolish? By choice, they have made themselves susceptible, easily deceived, giving heed to any deceiver that might say or do something that appeals to their desires. The Lord has provided every opportunity for us to know his will and to be completely furnished unto every good work. And yet we far too often refuse to take advantage of the many wonderful blessings that have been brought our way, which are found in Christ, because we're looking the other way. Let no man deceive you with empty words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience. Be not therefore partakers of them. You were once in darkness, but now you are in light of the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. When we are warned by God not to give ourselves to such foolish choices, we'd better be certain that we wake up and listen. Take heed, brethren, we are told, lest happily there should be any one of you of an evil heart of unbelief and falling away from the living God. But exhort one another day by day, so as long as it is called by day, lest any one of you be hardened, are you listening, from the deceitfulness of sin, says the Hebrew writer in chapter 3. There is tremendous danger in being foolish. To avoid that, we must look carefully how we walk. We must use wisdom in redeeming the time and understand what the will the Lord is. We thank God for his mercy and his grace. With what we see today, one would have to believe that God will accept it all, that the changes in the times also bring a change in right, wrong, evil, and good. God can be merciful and overlook anything when it comes to judgment, which is the belief that we see in the world today. Not that he can, but I see much of the world believes that he will. Is that wise or foolish thinking. Remember Lot's wife? Let us be careful that we are not playing the fool, and perhaps more importantly, not being played the fool. The conclusion said the wise man, fear God and keep his commandments. That is all. Our time is gone. We thank you very much for joining us. Look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.